I actually got an electric guitar three or four years ago. Susan gave it to me for Christmas. And uh, oh man, played it a fair amount when I first got it. And yeah, sadly, it's sat in the quarter for the last oh, year or so. Man. But uh, uh, does, does Susan enjoy the electric guitar? Did she think, oh, why did I get him this thing? He's yeah, I don't he won't know. come out of the garage and he's making too much noise. <laughs> I'm not sure. I say she enjoys me playing the electric guitar, but <laughs> she appreciates good music. That's good. <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome to the New Life Ranch Monthly Camp Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Metcalf. MCP is all about the people that love New Life Ranch and the stories of how God is using this place to change lives. Each month, we'll hear from the people who work at New Life Ranch and learn about their life, their testimony, and their heart for this ministry. In this episode of MCP, I'll be talking to Mr. Bill Kenworthy, the finance coordinator. But before we do that, let's find out what's happening around the ranch with some New Life news. Hey, joining me today, I have the Donor Relations and Volunteer Coordinator, Sam Morton. Sam, how are you today? Doing great. Thanks. Good. Hey, so we just had a big group of volunteers Mm -hmm. that were here doing various things around camp that we'll get to in a bit. And we've also got some more volunteers coming out the rest of the year, right? That's absolutely right. Yeah. And so what kind of things are they doing around camp these days? Well, it depends on our volunteers. Yeah. Like this fall, we've had, in October, we had eight couples and they retired they travel around in their rvs and they represented mm-hmm. we had three different teams from different organizations and they're f- representing different parts of the nation and they literally travel around all year long okay well great so i guess that raises the question then do you have to be retired and in an rv oh, no. in order to come volunteer no, here no. i set you up softball question that's right here no, you go no no see those folks do this, and it's they're retired, and this is yeah. what their calling is. But we have groups throughout the year who will come. In fact, we're becoming kind of a destination place okay. for some groups every March. Like in 2016, we logged over 7,000 man hours of volunteers. Oh, wow. And is so that a spring break thing? That's kind of a spring break thing. Okay. We have people from up north Minnesota. Okay. Uh, we have people from... Uh, Missouri, from all over Arkansas and Oklahoma, come yeah. out and they'll do projects. And it's usually age appropriate, uh-huh. and so we're not going to put a bunch of junior high kids <laughs> shingling a roof, <laughs> giving uh, them access to chop some wood. Absolutely, they'll do wood. They'll you know do things that we really need. One of sure. my goals is to make it a real win-win experience. Yeah, it's a win for the volunteer because they know by coming here that they're going to get a uh, a real mission. Yeah. They're going to have the opportunity to invest in themselves, and they're really making a difference. Oh, yeah. And it's a win for us because we're not making stuff up just to keep people busy. Oh, oh no, not you at know, all. <laughs> you know that we have a 1,000 acres, and with it come uh, a lot of Yeah, a, lot a of thousand needs. projects a thousand for 1,000 acres. Absolutely. One of the things we're trying to change our culture for volunteers is we've been an organization with some volunteers. Mm-hmm. We're trying to change that to an organization of volunteers mm. uh, to help us do more. Yeah. Because our ultimate goal is to afford to have people 
come to camp. Yeah. We, yeah, it makes we a big difference. Over $300,000 a year on scholarships. Yeah. And every volunteer that we have that contributes allows us to give more yeah. money in order to get kids to camp and right. families to camp. Right. Great. So it all goes into this big picture. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to run through some some types of people mm-hmm. and you just just spitball some ideas Absolutely. of things that so like an individual wants to come out. They're just Absolutely. hey, I've got a weekend. What can I come out here and help Absolutely. with? Absolutely. I mean, it could be as simple as is uh picking up trash along mm-hmm. Flint Creek. Mm. You know, we're downstream from a lot of people, and every year it floods. Yeah. And so you never know what's going to wash downstream. And so just people with trash bags wading yeah. the stream, picking up debris, so we can be a good steward of our environment. Okay. We even have people who live in Salem Springs, Arkansas, or around in southern Delaware County, yeah. who will come out one day a week oh, wow. and mow. Yeah. They'll just live on a mower. And that's extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. We have more than our staff can can accomplish. Oh, yeah. A thousand acres of mowing. A thousand acres of opportunities. <laughs> yes. So uh, let's say you're a family that wants to come out mm-hmm. for like a week to do a vacation. What other, right. What other things that we could offer them for that? Right. Well, we, we work real hard in trying to find age-appropriate tasks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, it's, it's picking up rocks off of our so-called ball field where everyone parks in summertime it's it just rocks wash down right <laughs> off the hills and yeah so sometimes it's picking up rocks sometimes it's picking up trash sometimes it's it is hauling firewood some mm-hmm. you know it's sometimes it's cleaning cabins mm-hmm. in detail in the winter we'll be doing some detail so if i'm a skilled professional mm-hmm. you've got stuff for me absolutely to do. we have people fortunately wonderful couple from uh tennessee uh-huh. they kind of are on our radar and when we have some wiring that needs to be done yeah they're coming in fact they'll be here uh in a couple of weeks yeah because we are always building things always we always, always need electricity something. we always need plumbing Absolutely. we always need something concrete breaks. yeah that's a given something uh, will break and let's say i'm a uh Let's say I want to bring a big group of uh, of high schoolers from my right. youth group or college right. or whatever. What sort of projects am I looking at well, being available for us? We, we we're getting good at hosting big groups. Yeah, we have a group from Truman State University up mm-hmm. in Missouri, and they, they like coming here because we are always prepared. Again, yeah. wood wood burning, wood wood cutting, splitting, hauling, stacking. Right. Is is a big deal, and that's always going on. All right. of our buildings, you know, are, are heated with wood mm-hmm. uh, to help save costs. And every group that comes out wants a bonfire. That's a part of camp. <laughs> yes, they and do. So there's there's firewood that's got to be dealt with. Uh, they have painted. They've restained. Yeah. They 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 paint put roofs stripes. They on. put roofs on. All of the buildings. There's always camp, something. And like, even yeah. though our, our major buildings are built, there's always improvements Mm -hmm. we have volunteers who build bunk beds Mm. they can do woodworking they they clean stuff they repair yeah Uh, and then we're always dreaming up things we're a creative (laughs) bunch around here so we're going to come up with a thing called you know running and hiking trails yeah a horse uh program i was always looking for a new path Mm. to take to discover the creator through the creation yeah and then let's say you're not um we'll say Manual labor inclined. Right. right. Absolutely. <laughs> what other projects do we have out there? Absolutely. There's there's always things that can happen in the office. Mm-hmm. We have we have some people one sweet 
lady who has volunteered for years and years and years, and she's to a point physically that, that she shreds paper mm. in the office. Yeah. We have sensitive documents that need to be destroyed, and she can contribute right. that way. Yeah, somebody and has to do somebody it. Somebody has to do it. And we are grateful whenever Absolutely. somebody says, I so can do that. <laughs> some things may seem small. Yeah. They accumulate over time to becoming a real task. Yeah. And so we can have volunteers yeah. do a wide variety of things. Okay, so if somebody is interested in becoming mm-hmm. a volunteer, bringing a group Absolutely. out, coming out here for any particular reason, how can they get in contact with you? Easiest thing to remember is our email. It's mm-hmm. volunteer at newliferanch.com. Volunteer at newliferanch.com. Volunteer at newliferanch.com. You will you'll be on it. You'll get that email. Absolutely. Say, it comes I know to where to me. stick you. That's right. <laughs> I know what to do. That's right. Do they need to provide any information about who they are, what they want to do? So if you're part of an organization, you will be uh, vetted or approved (laughs) through them like a retired traveling uh, guest to come help. Otherwise, we have an application you fill out if you're not a part of a church group or something like that. But we can... That's that's the details. We can get you through things. Great. All right. So send a uh, send an email to volunteer at newliferanch.com. Sam will get back with you. We'd love to have you out here. We'd Absolutely. love to have you on our grounds, volunteering, making a big difference. It is a win win. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Many so, hands make work light. It's true. Help us uh, mow our thousand acres. Yes. So. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. All right, coming up after the break, I'll be talking with our finance coordinator, Bill Kenworthy. We discuss his love of math, what it was like growing up as a boy in the 60s, and his unofficial title as the stand-up comedian. Can separate us, take us away from your love. It is bigger than the highest mountain, flowing down like a river, river from above. Thank you, God. Hi there, friends and partners. Tom Grain, Executive Director of New Life Ranch, coming to you with some exciting news. As you know, November 28th is Giving Tuesday, and we have had some partners step up and offer a $10,000 match towards our Mission 1914 Camper Scholarship Fund. So every gift that comes in, Giving Tuesday or till the end of the year, will be matched up to $10,000. So please consider giving a gift to help get a kid to camp by supporting our Mission 1914 Camper Scholarship Fund and help us reach this $10,000 match. Thanks so much. Joining me today is the finance coordinator slash staff stand-up comedian, Bill Kenworthy. Hey, Bill, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Justin. Great. You're probably doing really well because before we get into your, your life, before we get into your testimony, how you came to be a part of the ranch, there's something else really important that we have to cover first. And that's the fact that the Los Angeles Dodgers won game one of the World Series last night. Kershaw had a stellar performance, mm-hmm. 11 strikeouts on 84 pitches, complete dominance. Very important, right? Absolutely. <laughs> we, we have to make sure and cover the, uh, the basics first. Uh, Bill is uh, the only other Dodger fan in this office but really, you're not really a Dodger fan as much as you are a Rangers fan, but you're a good father. That's right. Because right. your son is a Dodger fan. Our so. oldest son, Daniel, has been a Dodger fan since 1988. And so, yeah. I, Wait, when was, when was he born? Was he, he was born in 82. So he, okay. So he maybe remembers more the last time the Dodgers won than I did. 
D- does he remember Kirk Gibson? I think he has some some yeah. memories of, uh, of of you know watching TV and seeing the games. Yeah. I was three, and, mm-hmm. so I have no real recollection other than the fact that I've seen the Kirk Gibson uh, highlight 1,000 times. Right. No exaggeration, because mm-hmm. my dad's a Dodger fan, so I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready to erase that. So anyway, uh, this is not a sports podcast, and everyone that's listening to it saying the World Series ended like three weeks ago. That's right, with the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers. Either the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers by the time this is, uh, by the time this airs, or oh, they they lost. They were so close. At least they didn't get swept, and we'll get them next year, right? That's right. <laughs> the important things. Uh, so hey, welcome to the podcast, Thank everyone you. that's listening. We're not going to talk about the Dodgers e- anymore, even though I no doubt could, and Bill probably you would humor me, sure, in going through it. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Bill. Um, uh, do you need to get any jokes out of the way? Uh, Bill, you are notorious for... Uh, my favorite thing is I will be in the middle of a conversation with you, and you will start a joke, and I won't know that a joke is coming. And then you'll you'll she'll, you'll set it up, and I'll be like, what is he talking about? And then, boom, punchline. I'm like, well, how, Bill? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is interesting. That uh, <laughs> I was concerned that I might not make it here this morning because uh, okay. I, I opened up the cabinet, and... Uh, bottle of omega-3 fell out mm. and hit me in the head mm. but it's okay it was just a super fish oil wound <laughs> that's <laughs> oh bill yeah did you plan that one did you write that one especially for today did you no no actually i i heard that joke a few years ago okay and, uh, i've been keeping been it in my cataloging pocket. it do you have a an entire catalog of jokes in your in your mind that you're just waiting for the right, the key word to come out where you say, Ooh, I got a joke for that. Would would you believe I keep a spreadsheet of jokes? (laughs) You know, I would, I probably would believe that because you're something of a uh, spreadsheet wizard around here. Uh, Is that a, is that a appropriate term for you? Um, yeah, I suppose so. uh... (laughs) You, you just, uh, you think in terms of spreadsheets. I do. All right. (laughs) Good. So have you always been, uh, have you always been a stand-up comedian your whole life? No, no. I was pretty shy when when I was young, and even as I got older, I was I always thought jokes, yeah. but I I seldom had the the courage to come out and say them. And mm. So it's only mm. as I've gotten older and had more opportunities to speak in in public that uh, I thought you know. Like I said, uh, dignity's overrate, overrated, so just. <laughs> Just go ahead and say it, and if it sounds stupid, mm, that's all right. That's okay. Yeah. I, I feel a little yeah. bit of a, a connection here with you, because I was always hilarious in my head, mm-hmm. but too afraid. But now as I'm growing older, I, I heard someone once tell me that dignity is overrated. Yeah. So I, a wise I man, that. I yeah. think. So. Well, that's, I mean, that's my really, my desire in my heart is to is to be considered wise and, mm. and profound. Mm. And I think it's more out of uh, insecurity and mm. self-defense that I say, well, if I tell a joke first, then yes. people won't expect me to be wise and profound because I'm afraid I really can't to be. Yeah, yeah. cut the tension with a joke. I, I, used to work, I used to work with the guy who was, or I had opportunity to be in meetings with this gentleman. Yeah. He, he was British, 
he was really the founder of Bible translation for the modern Bible translation oh, wow. in Africa. And he was just an amazing guy. And so there'd be lots of heated discussion going on. And then he would say something. And it was like the room went silent. And you can imagine everyone, everyone, everyone saying, oh, I wish I'd said oh, that. He's so wise. Yeah. I wish I could process that. Yeah. It was, it was, and it was British, so it was like having C.S. Lewis in the room or something. <laughs> and just, uh, so really, nothing he was saying was all that wise. It was just in a British accent. I, that went, helps, oh, yeah. wow, that's yeah. amazing. You can be totally inane in a British accent, and people say, <laughs> oh, yeah, I wish I'd said that. So have you considered just going that route? You know, I, I think you squandered an opportunity when you came on staff here. If you had just come in with a slight British accent, no one really would have questioned hmm. it, but <laughs> I wouldn't have had to work so hard to tell jokes. Huh? It's true. Anything you said, people would have. Oh, that guy, that Bill guy, he's hilarious. <laughs> so, are you from Britain? That's the big question. No, no, I'm not. <sighs> sadly, okay. Well, so where are you from then? Mostly from Tulsa. I wasn't born in Tulsa. Okay, but we moved there. I was six when we moved there, and I started second grade in Tulsa. Okay, so consider that my home. Okay, where were you born? Born in Artesia, New Mexico. Oh, yeah? Really? Artesia, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Where is that? Uh, it's be southeastern New Mexico. Okay. My dad worked in the oil business, and okay. so we were in the oil fields out there. Yeah. They actually lived in the thriving metropolis of Maljamar, New Whoa, Mexico. Oh, Maljamar, man. 30 miles from Artesia. So you grew up in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Uh, where'd, you go to, where'd you go to school? I went to uh, high school at Edison, actually junior high and high school Okay. Edison. Okay. Thomas Alva Edison. As I recently learned, you may have been in school with my dad, Barney Metcalf, but you're not sure. Yeah, I don't recognize the name, and it's uh, surprising to me because I knew a lot of names, even though I may not have known the people personally. I guess it's kind of a big school. I think we had 400 in our graduating class. Yeah. And I, I'm blanking on when my dad was born, which is kind of embarrassing. He's either 64 or 65. I think 64. And you're 64, right? So I'm, he, Yeah, I'm either 64 or 65 also. <laughs> <laughs> so you may have been to school with him, but that was a long time ago. I can't remember anybody I went to high school with, and I'm <laughs> half your age, so... I can only imagine. If it wasn't for Facebook, I wouldn't remember anybody. It's true. It's true. Facebook has really saved a lot of work and effort of trying to go through yearbooks, remembering everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you grew up in the 60s. What was it like growing up as Bill, a baby boomer in the 60s in middle America? Yeah, I think I was uh, prototypical in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Two-parent family, three children, grew up. Uh, my mom was active in PTA, and we did mm. Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts and played Little League Baseball mm. and um, did uh, the uh, nuclear bomb drills in high school. Of course, where, you know, yes. Duck and cover. And <laughs> yes, very like effective. Mm. Uh, what, what sort of interests and hobbies and what, what was were things that kind of defined you as a kid? Well, I was active in the church youth yeah. group from uh, junior high on. Um, studied math um, in college, and that was an interest in high school mm-hmm. as well. In fact, that's when I realized, hey, I kind of enjoy this, and I seem to be pretty good at it too. Yeah. And so, so Edison, and then you graduated and went off to the uh, University of Oklahoma. That's right, Boomer Sooner. Absolutely. Yeah. And my dad also went there, so all of these connections are happening. We got a 
we got to connect to you guys. Uh, Did he sometimes wear like blue jeans and maybe an OU shirt? <laughs> I think yeah. I saw him on campus. Yeah, and he point. had curly hair, kind of froed out in the seventies. So okay. you know, I'm sure that you ran into him, yeah. right? Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so you went to Oklahoma and studied studied math. Okay. Yep. That was. Uh, Actually, I was good at it. I enjoyed it. And yeah. So I thought, why not? <laughs> and uh, it was, uh, I've thought many times over the, the years that I, I wished that I had given more thought to what do I really want to do with this? Yeah. Because by the time I was, say, a junior, it be, my thought process was more, what can I do with this sure. degree rather than what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Right. And, uh, and what would you have done given a chance to go back and shake your uh, college self into saying, what do you need to do? Yeah, there are a lot of times when I, when I thought, you know, it would be really cool to be an architect, mm. to be able to, to stand back and look at something and yeah. say, that, that came from my head and that's my design yes, and I, I built this. that. And so uh, I, a lot of times when I wished I had done that, yeah. but, you know, architecture was a five-year program and... Mm. And the thought of another three or four years in school yes. was just, uh, I didn't really give it consideration at all. And right. So, <laughs> but I, been a lot of times when I wished I had had the courage to say, no, let's, let's restart here. Let's right. do something different. <laughs> so how'd you, when, when or how'd you come to know the Lord in, within your life? Mm-hmm. I, uh, as I think I mentioned a while ago, I, I grew up going to church. Yeah. And, uh. That's just something that we always did in our family. And um, if you had asked me all through my youth, are you Christian? I would have said yes or sure. Yeah, why not? There wasn't any question that I was. And, but the truth was, I thought I was a pretty good kid. And my mother told me often that I was a good boy. Mm. And that's really the way I thought about the world, that I'm... I'm a good boy, mm. and never really had this. Well, I didn't understand that in order to grasp the good news, you have to understand the bad news first. Mm. That in my heart, I was not a good kid; that mm. I was a sinner, and that I needed a savior. Um, but I didn't grasp that for many, many years. Um, graduated high school, went off to college, lost many of the constraints that uh, were around me, people expecting me to be a good boy. Mm-hmm. I, believe it or not, I met people at college that didn't expect me to be a good boy, mm. even encouraged <laughs> me to not be a good boy. Or they didn't care if you were a good boy. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't misunderstand. I'm not saying college corrupted me in any way, but sure. college provided an atmosphere for the corruption that was in my heart mm. to yeah. come out. right. Um, so I, at that point, I would have probably tried to sound intellectual and say, well, I am agnostic. Mm. Um, but in fact, I was, I was not a Christian. Yeah. Um, I went through some good times, some hard times, uh, disappointed a lot of people. Mm. Um, I did graduate. I got married, joined the Navy, had a child. And got divorced, mm. and then met somebody else. Mm-hmm. 
And after some time, this new person, who is Susan, my wife, now, mm-hmm. said, let's go to church. And I thought, I know how to do that. I've done that for years. So <laughs> sure, I said, sure, yeah, let's go to church. I know all about that. And so we started going back to church. And even after we'd gotten married and came to Tulsa, we continued to go to church. And I found that I was in the same pattern that I'd been all through my growing up years, Mm -hmm. that I was really just pretending, um, going through the motions that I, I knew was expected of me and pretending like I was a good boy again. And it wasn't until uh, February 1986 when a good friend of mine uh, invited me to to come to a men's retreat. And uh, I I knew that he was, there was something about him Mm. that I wished I had. And I wasn't sure what it was. But uh, I accepted his invitation and came to this retreat. And during that time... Um, we heard a lot of, a lot of brothers speaking the truth about the gospel. And for the first time in my life, even though I had grown up going to church and heard gospel many times, for the first time it penetrated my heart. Mm. And I recognized that, you know, I'm not such a good boy after all. I'm a sinner and I need a savior because I can't pay the price myself mm-hmm. for my sin. And so I accepted the Lord that February of 1986, and uh, my life was changed. Yeah. It uh, been a long road since then. Sure. A lot of ups and downs, and a lot of struggles still, and failures. Yeah. But my life's different, mm. and I know where I'm where I'm going. Yeah. And so you you met your wife Susan, mm-hmm. uh, and how many kids are you up to now? Six. Six, Six kids mm-hmm. all over the country. Yes, from Connecticut to, to uh, Philadelphia. Yep, and Oklahoma City and New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So we haven't gone west yet, but uh, <laughs> they're creeping that way. Yeah, Starting maybe, in New York, so. Connecticut, moving their way west uh, over to California. Speaking of California, your mm-hmm. son who lives in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel. Is that right? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dodger fan. Yes. Uh, I've never met him. Well, I don't think I've met him. It'd be embarrassing if I have at this point. Maybe I, I, he was here one time earlier this year, and I think you were out that week. Okay, weekend, okay, so. good. That makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. But we share a, a bond in, uh, in our love for Dodger baseball. You, so both if you're listening, Daniel, um, congratulations. We're the world champions. Or we'll get him next year. That was, yes. that was a tough loss. Yes. So. Uh, <laughs> and how many grandkids do you have now? I have 10 grandchildren. Ten grandkids. Mm-hmm. You just had some uh, some twins just born. Two right. Daniel, correct? Right in in August. Oh man, twin girls. Yeah. How is it being a grandfather? To me, the <laughs> miraculous part about being a, a grandfather is seeing your children mm-hmm. having children. Yeah, and it's um, uh. It's a really a holy thing mm. to hold your grandchild yeah. in your hands and and to think maybe in some small way this is what God feels like. Oh man. Uh, it's just Bill, you you're selling your wisdom stuff short here. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff, you know. 
So you've got you've got these children. You know, you you, uh, you mentioned that you were in the Navy, and mm-hmm. where'd you go from there after you moved on from the Navy and met your wife Susan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she and I were both in the Navy together. That's, okay, that's where we met. Okay, in Orlando, Florida, and. After I got out of the Navy, I worked for a defense contractor, okay. Martin Marietta, at the time, now part of Martin Lockheed, mm-hmm. or Lockheed Martin, I guess. I uh, spent a year and a half or so with them, Okay. and in the meantime, my dad had left the oil company that he had been with all his career yeah. and started out on his own. It was 1981, and so... It's oil boom. And yeah, when were, oil was doing well for those oh, years. Yeah, then Tulsa was a jumping place. Yeah. And so Christmas of 81, he said, what would you think of coming back to Tulsa and working with me? Oh, awesome. So we uh, decided to do that. Yeah. Left Orlando in May of 82, uh-huh. came back and started to work in Tulsa and worked with my dad for the next 22 years in the oil and gas business. Oh, wow. So were you? Uh, what were you doing with him in that? Give me the really simplified version that I, as a layperson, will understand. We were uh, oil and gas producer is the okay the type of company we did. So we were so so actually we, going out and getting the oil. We would go out and lease the okay. lands, contract with the drilling companies, yeah, um, and then drill the hole in the ground and equip yeah. it and produce the oil and sell the oil to any. Oil purchase. <laughs> people that wanted to buy it. Right. <laughs> Great. That's excellent. Uh, so you stayed with him for 22 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you, as an oil and gas man that loves math, how in the world did you find your way to the ranch? Yeah, that's a, still a bit of an odyssey. That, <laughs> You're still trying to figure that answer out. <laughs> no, I think I know the answer. <laughs> uh, at least know the path. Yeah. Uh, when we lived in Tulsa, we had... We were at Tulsa Bible Church for the last 10 years that we were there. Okay. And so Tulsa Bible Church has a, a very connection strong the connection to New Life the Ranch, ranch obviously. So, <laughs> so our kids had, at least our younger kids, had come here for camp. Okay. Um, even Daniel had come here for retreats yeah. in youth. We came here for family camp one time. But still, there was a, uh, we'd never given any thought that uh, we might be here on staff someday. Yeah. It never crossed our minds. Um, in 2004, mm-hmm. we left Tulsa and joined Wycliffe Bible Translators. Okay. And spent the next 11 years living in Dallas mm-hmm. and serving the Bible translation movement there. Still had the connection with Tulsa Bible Church, so every year we'd come back for a missions conference. Mm-hmm. Um, even when we were still in Tulsa, we knew Tom Graney because he was on staff at Tulsa Bible Church. Sure, been... and Tom Graney knows everyone, so that's right. Yeah, you, you couldn't miss that connection. Yeah. So he'd been here at the ranch, and then he was at Tulsa, right? And he went off to DTS, and then I'm not sure what all jumping back and forth he did. But <laughs> no we, one knows. No we one knew, really. We knows. knew Tom. We knew April and her family had yeah. known them for years. And so one year, as we came back from missions conference, uh, I, I was chatting with Tom, and he said, "Hey, you need to come out to the ranch. We could we could use finance people out there. Come work at the ranch." And I said, "Yeah, that, that that'd be fun." Sure. Yeah. Why not? That was the extent of the yeah, conversation, yeah. and and that must have been 2014. Uh huh. So then later in October of that same year, Tom called me on the phone, which I. 
really kind of surprised me. You know, hey, this is Tom Grady. Oh, hey, Tom. <laughs> anyway, he said, remember when we talked about you coming out to the ranch? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, it wasn't much of a conversation, but I do remember that. He and, thought it was a conversation. You thought it was a, uh, a passing comment that he yeah, made. <laughs> yeah, just kind of a joke or something. And he said, well, I'm serious. We, you know, David and Connie Jacobs were getting ready to leave, to leave mm-hmm. in a few months. I said, we really do need somebody to come out and do finances for us. Yeah. Would you be interested? And I said, well, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were still actively engaged in Bible translation with Wycliffe. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, our youngest child was going to graduate high school mm-hmm. that coming May. And so we had already been talking about, you know, we're not necessarily tied to Dallas anymore. Right. What what might we do instead? Thinking that perhaps we could work with Wycliffe someplace else. Sure. Singapore. You can translate the Bible anywhere. Right. And I was working <laughs> in project finance, so right. I, I didn't have to do any translation. Right. <laughs> So we came out for an interview in November. I met Russ, Russ Schultz, our mm-hmm. director of operations for the first time. And uh, you know, Tom gave us a tour. It had been several years since we'd been out here. Yeah. So like the bridal inn was new. Yeah, if you uh, stick if you're away from the ranch for like six months, then when you come back you say, What is going on here? This place is So how long had it been since you had been out here? I think Two thousand six was oh, probably man. last year. Yeah, you know, we tore everything down. Yeah, a lot of changes between then and when you came I back. Said, Where's wagon in? <laughs> yeah, you know. exactly. Where's the old gym? Oh, it's burned down. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we 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 talked and uh, you know, stayed here and visited with Tom and Russ for quite a while, mm-hmm. and went back home, prayed about it a lot, talked to our kids, talked to many people about it and uh, ended up accepting the, the position here. Yeah. So then in May of 2015 is when I came out and mm-hmm. started work. Yeah, so it's been a little over two years now. Mm-hmm. And it, man, it feels a lot longer than that, which is a good thing. Well, uh, I've been through three summers, and so that ages one That's in true. A hurry, so. That's mm-hmm. true. It's like, you know, when you see the before and after pictures of the president, mm-hmm. when they're like, the first year and then the fourth year, and you think, oh, man, how long have they been in office? Yeah. The fir- Summers will do that to you the here. The <laughs> first summer was really, you know, the classic drinking out of a fire hose. You know? Yes, that's and, the metaphor we always use here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you drank out of the fire hose and you survived. Uh, bare- I thought, I can do that again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you started literally right before summer started. I did. Uh, yes. Which is always the hardest time because... People are scrambling around here like ants that have had their home dis, uh, disintegrated. So mm-hmm. you're trying to figure things out, and then, you know, you survived. So yeah. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you really did it. So in your position as finance coordinator, mm-hmm. obviously you uh, handle a lot of the finances and payroll, all those important things. What specifically about being finance coordinator at New Life Ranch what brings you joy about your position? Well, this is going to sound really geeky, but uh, that's all right. I, uh, you know, I like working with numbers. Mm-hmm. I like it when things balance, <laughs> and you can work with a lot of 
numbers like reconciling the bank account, mm. and you get to the end, and it balances to the penny. And I find that rewarding. Do you give a Do you give a Tiger Woods fist bump whenever, or more appropriate, do you give Kurt Gibson hitting a home run in Game One of the World Series in 1988 fist pump when you have it balanced like that? I usually try to be a little more discreet, but maybe I should start doing something like that. You should run into the hall. And, yeah! And everyone, will, what happened? I balanced it to the penny. Uh, Reconciled Bill, the bank account. Come on, High Bill. five. <laughs> Trying to get some work done around here. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, so you are clearly uniquely positioned. You love math. You love spreadsheets. You love balancing things. So... God clearly had you set up to be a finance coordinator at New Life Ranch at some point in your life. Yeah. And even in a lot of contexts, uh, people would consider that a disorder, but it, it, <laughs> it comes in handy in, in certain occupations. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're, all, you're the finance coordinator, but mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, you have a, um, we'll call it a sub job that's not in your title, but it very much is true that you are the staff stand-up comedian, because you have performed stand-up for the staff several times against our will. <laughs> Bill, what did, what did the duck say when he bought some lipstick? When she bought some lipstick? I don't know, Bill. What did the duck say? Put it on my bill. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's enough. You got any others? You got any others, no, Bill? No, no, Are you I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Well, great. Uh, thanks for coming in this morning. Thanks for uh, sharing with me about your life, uh, your testimony, and working out here at the ranch. I, I enjoy getting to know you a little bit better. Thanks. And I look forward to hearing many more jokes in the coming months. Pressure. But the pressure is very much on you yeah. to deliver. Uh, well, thanks for coming in, Bill. Appreciate it. And uh, get back to those spreadsheets. All right. <laughs> thanks, Bill. Thanks again for joining us for MCP. We hope you enjoy getting to know Bill a little bit better. On the December episode of the podcast, I'll be interviewing the Director of Development, Tim Hale. If you have any feedback about this podcast, we would love to hear it. Here's something you like. Here's something you didn't. Got an idea for a segment? If you do, please send us an email to podcast at newliferanch.com. Music for this podcast was written and performed for New Life Ranch by Cass Harris. You can find all of his work on iTunes and Spotify. Additional music was written and performed for The Ranch by Chris King. If you ask Chris what his favorite food is, he will always respond, white bread, sometimes toasty. And finally, help us spread the word about MCP by sharing this podcast with your friends, subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you listen to podcasts, and giving our podcast a rating. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in December. December.